We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the show. Once again, I am Jimmy Mack, along with my good friend and pal and co-host, Dan Kuzer. Dan, how yo, are yo. Going? going good, going good. Been looking forward to this all week, man. Yeah, is there, uh, there's nothing really going on in MLS to talk about, really, is there, huh? No, um, just very, very, uh, very slow week. I know, I wish they'd uh, have some news <laughs> or something. Now, uh, you know, of course, we're kidding. There's, uh, this is going to be a jam-packed podcast. Um, we have a lot to talk about, um, and we'll just get right to it. Starting with jump right in. Starting with uh, what I guess. I mean, you could say it was action-packed in in some ways. Um, Sporting KC hosting the Houston Dynamo in a big Western Conference uh, match at Children's Mercy Park on Sunday. Um, didn't quite go how most sporting fans wanted it to go, did it? Man, the week was not uh, the week was right there for the taking, and and they just did not get the job done. I mean, it, it was it's not ideal circumstances, and you know, throughout the week you heard Peter saying, "Hey, this is a we, we got a home and away series. You know, we'll go down to Houston, and and this is just like the playoffs, and we need to get used to this." And it's like, okay, I see you trying to make us feel better about this situation, but come on. Houston's a very good team at home. If they beat you, which they did, they're going to come in with a game plan at Children's Mercy Park. And, and, and well, they kind of parked the bus, right? Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a strange game. Remind me if, uh, if this at all sounds familiar to you. Sporting KC wins the shot uh, battle, 27 shots to 14, 7 on target to 2. Uh, Sporting KC wins the possession, 68.9%. To 31.1 percent. Sporting KC had Dude. more corners. Uh, Sporting KC won more duels. Sporting KC won more tackles. Um, Sporting KC had less fouls, less yellow cards, and yet somehow <laughs> zero zero. Um, well, let's uh, let's back it up first. Let's let's talk about that Wednesday matchup. Let's uh, we'll, we'll get into the Sunday oh, one because that was. Ahead. You know, so much has happened. I forgot we haven't even recorded a podcast since that you uh, forgot. First, uh, first time. I'm like, you know. I was like, on. hold on, man. I made notes, all right? I made notes. I had an Eric Palmer Brown joke queued up, and you're just rolling I'm, right along. I'm jumping ahead. Okay, well, let's let's rewind. <laughs> let's go back to that Wednesday game. Uh, 
I was like, they beat you. Like, it was 0 0. What is he watching? Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, let's go back. Um, yeah, week, week as a whole didn't go how Sporting KC wanted, starting with the defeat no. in Houston. Give me your thoughts. It was the worst, man. I mean, Wednesday night, um, f- first of all, the weeknight games you just hate in the first place. Um, looked like there was about 10 fans in the stands. Um, Par I don't for the course for Houston. Yeah, I, I just. They talk about how the fan bases are great and everything. I, I did not see um, much of a base at all for them. But my biggest takeaway from that game, now obviously we did not have the internationals back. The the you know U.S. men's national team was um, gone. You know uh, you know crushing the dreams of Americans everywhere. And so my man of the match on Wednesday night was Saad Abdul Salam again, and he was. I don't know. He was just good. He was whipping that ball in, and then Eric Palmer Brown gets that own goal. I I don't know. I don't know, man. I got so many. I got so many thoughts going through my head. Yeah. Um. What What do you think? I mean, what was the score? What was the final score on Wednesday? Like you said, so much has happened. It was two Two to to one. one. Um, Saad had the assist. Saad had the assist on uh, Jimmy Madronda's goal, which was a fantastic goal. I mean, how many times have we seen Jimmy? try to take that and sky it 20 yards over the goal. Um, Every time. And, Every and time. That was that was just about perfect. Um, gorgeous assist by Saad. I, I mean, I agree with you. Saad stepped ah, in and filled dude. in for Juicy. I mean, Splinter loves Saad. Um, he just wants, he wants does. To get his takes in, too. Um, he's, I mean, I feel bad. We've, we've talked on this talked about this a little bit before. I feel bad for Saad because, realistically, he is – pretty much a starting caliber right back in MLS. And he just, you know, Zussi stepped in, filled in that role, and he's adapted from his his wing spot down to right back uh, just so well. But um, I always feel confident when I know Zussi's going to miss a match because I know how good Saad Abdul Salam is. And every time he plays, he he lives up to it. Um, you know, when, when Sporting got that goal in the 33rd minute um, off of Jimmy's foot, I was like... I, I mean, I, I thought that they were going to get another two or three goals, and I thought that Sporting was going to run away with it because it, it, it felt like, okay, you know, we've we've been in a, a little bit of a lull, haven't gotten the, the points that we wanted at you know at Minnesota, um, didn't get the result they wanted against Vancouver. Um, this is going to be the turning point, and then uh, you know, unfortunately, um, Tomas Martinez got his goal in the 63rd minute. Um, and then you know there you could you could go back and forth as to whether that uh, that should have been saved by Dykstra. Um, he he tried to react. If Melia's there, maybe he gets it, maybe he doesn't. And then I will say on the Eric Palmer Brown own goal, awful. Like I don't know what why what EPB was doing. He used his wrong foot to try to clear it. Um, it was yeah. it was a, it was a mistake. But um, Dykstra can't let a ball fall down anywhere near the six yard box, can he? No, I mean I don't even know if that's. I don't even know if that's Eric's ball to clear. I mean, shouldn't Dykstra have called him off and taken it? And and hey, they, you know Manchester City's not scoring own goals, so I mean he's gonna have to. <laughs> he can't be doing that. I heard they signed but, him as a striker. Uh, uh, oh right, as as they should. That was it was world class. It was good, but yeah. he uh, Dykstra like not to jump right into the second game, but he, Dykstra had a significantly better game on Sunday than he did on Wednesday, you know? Yeah. And is it just me, or does he look like a, like a skinnier, more Russian Tim Melia? 
<laughs> you know, Dykstra actually, um, he's a big dude. Um, he's 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 not quite as like solid as Melia. Melia's like under, oh. underrated, jacked. Um, yeah, Melia's that guy you want to come like show off to your friends and be like, hey, look at my new guy. He's he's buff and he can he can protect us if we get in trouble, you know. Yeah, and I think that kind of gets overlooked because he's such a modest, nice guy. Like, Melia never talks about himself. He's always wearing his suit, looking real good. But Melia mm-hmm. is a, he, a little bit buff. Um, you know, Dykstra, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he does. Dykstra doesn't give off that sort of, like, imposing sort of physical presence. Um, he might be a little taller than Melia. I'm not sure. Um, but, but he's been around the league for a while um, with various different teams. Um, he's an experienced keeper, and, and I totally agree. Uh, he had a much better game um, on Sunday night than he did on on Wednesday. He just looked a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more in in command, and and was communicating with the back line uh, a lot better than he was uh, on Wednesday. I mean, you're right. That should have been a call from Dykstra to EPB saying mine, mine, mine. And if he can't catch it, he punches it away. Um, and and, well, just, and does it help that we also had Beasler and, and Zusi back on Sunday? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Zusi uh, served his red card suspension technically on Wednesday, so he was able to be back for the game on Sunday. Um, that was nice. That, that was very helpful. Beasler was back, um, and and you know he it was nice to see him get in there and and play well after what had to be. I mean as emotionally draining as it was for all of us as fans watching the U.S. not qualify. Imagine being someone like Matt Beasler who's out there giving your all, leaving it all on the field, knowing that your national team career might be over now when you thought you had another World Cup to play. Um, and, and he was able to rebound, and, and, and he and Ike um, had, a, had a real good game. I mean, what I was saying before, Sporting KC outshot Houston on Sunday 27-14. to 14. Houston still got 14 shots off, even if two of them were on target. A lot of that is yeah, because that sucks. there's, you know, I'm looking at four of them were blocked inside the box between uh, the penalty spot and the six-yard box, and all four of them would have been on target. Um, the center backs were working, so um, you know the, the they defense, were um, defense played a fantastic game. Um, but uh, it, what, let's jump. What, let's jump right into Sunday's game. Is that, is that where we're going? Yeah. Okay. So Sunday, man, I'm just. First takeaway from that game is that Tyler Derrick is a freaking machine. Dude, um, I, I that don't even doesn't understand. happen. I mean, they what was that? They said it, he uh, he beat his save record, you know, his career save record in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, he had nine and that saves. game, nine saves. It wasn't his record seven or eight. Yeah, and some of those saves were not easy that he was making. Like no. There should have been, you know, it could have been easily two or three goals on, on most nights against most keepers. Dude, it's Tyler Derrick. I mean, I'm not saying he's garbage, but, like, he's not a name that you hear, like Tim Melia, you know, who is a probable MVP candidate or goalkeeper of the year candidate. Tyler Derrick had the game of his life, and, and we just couldn't get it by him. The dude was a wall. And then the, whole, the game as a whole had... Playoff, I mean, not not only playoff implications, but it felt like an actual playoff game. Like the ref wasn't calling anything. Did you notice that? Yeah, I mean, they were they were letting a lot go. They were certainly letting the players play, and you're absolutely right. It felt like a playoff game, um, partly because Sporting KC's only remaining game now is on the road at RSL. We know how well RSL's been playing. We'll talk about that game here in a moment. 
Um, I don't want to. <laughs> but Sporting KC's magic number to to get a home playoff game secured was was three, um, which means all they had to do was was win a game, get three points, and they were guaranteed a home playoff game at Children's Mercy Park. You know, if they they drew as they did, so they got only got one point, and it could have worked out depending on what happened with the, with Seattle and Portland. Um, but those games did not go how we, any Sporting KC fan wanted them to go. No. Um, they both won and won handily, um, which now puts Sporting KC in a position where it's going to be, one, extremely hard to actually get a second uh, place spot in the West. So we're, we're probably not getting a first Don't round by, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're looking at hosting a home playoff game. Um but even that's not guaranteed right now. We, we, we need to get either a win at RSL uh, or, or a couple other things need to happen uh, because right now Sporting KC is, uh, is sitting in uh, fourth place at, at 49 points. Um, the Houston Dynamo, they're uh, in fifth place, uh, just two points behind Sporting KC um, with uh, 40, 47 points. And Houston plays at home. You know, granted, it's against the fire, but Houston's pretty good at home. So, um, right, and the fire are not good on the road. No, so there is a a, a realistic non-zero chance that um, because Sporting KC has been able to get what like two points of their last four games, um, that oh my Lord. that they may have slid and 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 might be looking at traveling to uh, to Houston for a knockout round playoff game. Now, if if things stand as they do, we'll just get a rematch of the game we just saw at Children's Mercy Park, knockout round, Sporting KC hosting Houston. Um, That's going to be the worst. Which, That's going to be the worst case scenario. Which it's it's uh, it's it's not ideal. We'll, we'll, I'll say that. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll talk about all the playoff scenarios here uh, in in just a moment. Um, getting back to this this game on Sunday, um, you know, I was there down by the field watching Tyler Derrick do insane things. I, I still don't know how he got his hand on um, that, that ball that kind of bounced off Rubio's head after Zussi knocked it off the crossbar. Um, mm-hmm. Rubio got ahead to it, and then it bounced off the Dynamo defender, um, and somehow Derek uh, got a hand to it. Um, but from my angle, I didn't actually see in stoppage time at the end of the game how close Sporting KC was to taking the lead when Latif Blessing had a chance in front of a wide-open net to put one away. So I want to hear from you. What was it like watching that on TV? Because I was down at the other end of the stadium, and I had no idea we were that close to scoring. Well, let me uh, let me tell you how that day went. All right. I had um, the wife's grandparents were in town, and I don't even think I asked if I could put on the soccer game. I just did, cause like that's what that's what's gonna happen. And they, I don't think they've ever watched a soccer game in their life. And uh, I think Granddad was like, you know, is anyone just named Smith? <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no one's named Smith. This is soccer. We this got is an Abdul Salam. Game, all right? Yeah, we got Abdul Salam. All right, we got a Beasler and a Zussi. I mean, it's no, there's no Smith. Okay, there's a Jermaine Jones. I know that guy. There's a Jones. <laughs> But and then when the game tied, they <laughs> my wife Marissa goes, "Well, how's it feel to watch a soccer game tie?" And they they were flabbergasted. They were like, "This seems ridiculous." And I go, "I, I agree because we should have won." And you you think the whole time I was reacting to this game, 
I was out. I was out. I was out of my mind. I, I was yelling at every single shot that was blocked, and I had to withhold from cursing because family was in town. But I wanted to. I, I wanted to just explode because it was so stinking frustrating. And I'm blaming it on Peter's suit game. All right, what was the suit he was wearing? You didn't what like is the that plaid business? <laughs> no. What is that about? He doesn't. He he's never worn that. That looks like it should be on my grandmother's couch. Yeah, that um, you know, it looked a little bit better in person, I think, than it probably did on TV. But I I did. It looked itchy. I did legitimately do a double take the first time he walked by me. I was like, whoa, whoa, what is what is, what is that suit? Um, and, yeah. And it wasn't seventies. Yeah, it wasn't a great. It wasn't a positive double take. It was kind of like a oh, Peter, I don't know about that one. Double take. Um, but uh, that was it, man. It threw me off. It wasn't the normal, classy Peter I knew, and I was like, "Well, that's that's why we're not going to win this game because everyone's too busy worried about your couch suit." Yeah, see, I wasn't sure if it was Peter's suit or if it was some of the lineup decisions, like putting Christian Lobato at left back. Uh, oh, dude, can we talk about that for a second? Let's do it. I I mean, I we actually got a question, um, uh, just. Earlier, actually, I, I was on Facebook, and uh, uh, who was it? A- Eric, I believe. Uh, Eric Martinez hit me up and said, where does Jimmy and Lobato belong? And <laughs> I sent just a, a, a gif of not having any idea. Um, and I think, that, I think the short answer is everywhere, because I think Peter tried to convince us that Lobato has played left back before in Spain, and... He's comfortable there, so what's the problem? And Jimmy Madronda has played everywhere, so no big deal, right? Yeah. But where's Sestinovic? Is he not healthy? I mean, what happened? Yeah, I was I was surprised, to say the least, um, that Seth wasn't in the lineup, especially with so much on the line. Uh, maybe Peter felt like, okay, we're at home. We got Beasler and Zussi back. Um, you know, we're, we're feeling pretty good. We'll be able to, to, to get the three points and, and be fine. But... Um, you know, to be honest, Christian Lobato did not look comfortable there at all throughout the night. Um, and and I think maybe one of the, the, the biggest problems with that is not only then, you know, are, are the center backs uh, having to kind of cheat a little over to the left to kind of make up for it, or, or Ilya in that sort of defensive midfield role has to make up for it, but um, Daniel Shallowy was having to, to kind of come way far back on defense a lot farther than he normally does when uh when Seth's in the game or even when Jimmy's in the game to kind of try to make up for for some of the those defensive lapses of of Lobato and uh this team does not need anything taken away from their offensive attack they need as much out there on the on the attack as possible um and and it and it makes me wonder if if Shally was kind of in the back of his mind thinking okay I want to go forward I want to press I want to attack um but I don't trust the left back behind me not to lose the ball or not need, not to need help. Um, not only then is it messing up your defense, but it's messing up your offense. Dude, that's a good way of looking at it because I can't tell you how many times that game I would just I was just muttering to myself. I was like, "Where's Shallowy? Why is he not up there? Where is he?" And that's because he was trying to help out um, on the defensive end. And I, I don't. I would have liked to ask Peter, like, why was Seth Sinovic not on the field? I mean, what what did he do wrong? He's been so consistently good all year. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and even if Seth couldn't go, um, his his Peter's second option at left back all season, pretty. I mean, we're, we're, Sporting KC's got a, a little bit of a depth problem at that left back position, but 
Jimmy Madronda always was the, the number two guy there, um, or, or, or for the most part has been, um, and even started a bunch of games at left back last season. Um, so when Jimmy, you know, when, sorry, go ahead. Uh, when Jimmy wasn't there, and he put Jimmy up at, at right wing, um, that made it so Gerso couldn't come in and, and start up up top either. And, and Gerso's had some some struggles, but Gerso's fast, man. And and when you got someone like Gerso in there. Um, who, who's a little bit more of a, a creative winger, even if his finishing product hasn't been, quite been there. Someone who's that fast, who can make runs, uh, it just makes the defense the, the, the defense think a little bit more. And and so it, it kind of um, that. And I go back to that Lobato at left back position. It's just kind of having this like ripple effect throughout the entire lineup and the entire game plan that I think uh, you know just didn't go how Peter had hoped and, and that's why you saw Lobato come out and Jimmy actually shifted back to left back when uh, Latif came in late in the game yeah I mean he did uh, and that's where that's where Jimmy should have started I mean Lobato's started and forward most of the time and um, I mean I don't know maybe because Jimmy scored on on Wednesday so we trust him to put him up there again you know go do it again maybe you got a little confidence now but uh you know, you don't want to you don't want to diminish the idea that we have Swope Park Rangers players, and they're no slouches. I mean, they start their playoff run this Saturday um, against uh, uh, Phoenix and Didier Drogba's team. You know, that's right. But we have some guys that we've signed to the upper team, and when you say uh, no depth at left back, while I agree with you to a sense, um, you know, we do have Tyler Pasher in the wings, and that that's dude true. is quick. And he makes those overlapping runs and can make something happen. We just haven't been able to see it on on the first team level. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I I've been a big fan of Pasher for uh, a couple of years now. Watching him oh, both dude, with, I love Pasher with with Swope Park, and then uh, when he would come in, uh, made a, a couple appearances with Sporting, uh, especially in uh, some of the side tournaments, whether it's uh, Champions League or uh, U.S. Open Cup. Um, he he's a he, he's electric. Um, and, and he's, he's fun. He's fun. He's the future of our left back position, I think. Um, and, and he's going to be a real good player. Um, you wonder if, you know, like you said, Swope Park has their first playoff game coming this year. And yes, they're the USL team. They're kind of the B team. But you also, you don't really want to sacrifice everything they've been working and building toward all season. Um, so that I'm guessing that maybe came into play a bit. Um, and Peter said about Lobato all year, he's he's comfortable in him at, at numerous positions on the field, and and maybe maybe in training Lobato does look fine at left back. He just, um, you know, Houston's attack is really really dynamic. Um, a player like Albert Ellis, who's been one of the best newcomers in MLS this year, um, it's really tough for a player like Lobato to come in having not played left back all season and then have to go up against a guy like Ellis. Um, it's it's just you know, not really a, a, a situation where you you expect to see success. Yeah, I mean, it showed, too. I mean, we had uh, – Dykstra did bail us out a couple times. And uh, uh, let me bounce back to the Swope Park Rangers for a second. You know, with them starting their playoff run, um, I think you're if you're a fan of soccer in general, and definitely if you're a fan of Sporting KC – I mean, you should follow these guys. I mean, their games are always on uh, on YouTube, you know, the USL channel. And, uh, you know, last year they, they made it to the finals and lost to the New York Red Bulls, too. So it's it's that's your future you're looking at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of feel that, too, watching the uh, 
you know, watching the, the seeing the Academy news and, and watching the U seventeen World Cup right now and if you're a sporting Kansas City fan at all, I mean you gotta you gotta follow those guys and, and watch them progress and hopefully hopefully get a shot in the first team soon. I mean they're they're really growing it the way it should be done. I mean not every team has this system in process and the US soccer system in general is they're starting to grow their young players and it's really fascinating to watch and be a part of it. Oh, absolutely. If you're a fan of, of soccer at all and you're mad about what happened in, in, with the World Cup and, and the U.S. not qualifying, um, supporting teams like Holt Park Rangers is is absolutely something that everyone can do and everyone can get involved in because, you know, I've read a lot of articles, talk, you know, seen a lot of people talking about, okay, what's it going to take to fix U.S. soccer? But pretty much the consensus, there's a lot of different ideas, but one thing pretty much everyone agrees on is, People have to get involved at a, at a more uh, local level, uh, at a younger age. We can't expect players to just come into MLS and all of a sudden be um, develop while they're playing in MLS into international caliber players. I mean, the way other countries do it is that they're playing from young ages and, and, and they're in that support structure as they work their way up and, and get, uh, get older and, and work their way toward the senior team. So supporting Swope Park Rangers uh, is, is key, in my opinion, because, like you said, those guys are not only the future of Sporting KC, they, some of them may be the future of the U.S. men's national team at some point. Um, and, and if those guys aren't, then it could be someone in the uh, the academy behind them that will be. So um, that, that's, that's my little soapbox about supporting uh, USL, support the academy teams, um, uh, and, and I think that'll go a long way to... Uh, to get in the U.S. back into uh, 2022 and continuing Sporting KC's success. Um, so, well put. There you have that. Um, <laughs> anyway, getting back to this. So, yeah, Sporting KC, unfortunately, 0-0 draw. Uh, that point is good enough to earn them a guaranteed playoff spot. Um, Houston as well. Um, hey, clean sheet for Dykstra, though. I mean, that's that's a big plus for him. Clean sheet for Dykstra. Um as it stands now, um, everyone in the East, their, their playoff spots are all clinched. That's the way it was last week as well. Nothing new there. There might be some movement as far as seating. Um, the Western Conference, one through five, have uh, have clinched a playoff spot. There's going to probably be some shifting in the, in the seating. Um, mm-hmm. That number six spot is not guaranteed, and this is why this, uh, this RSL game coming up on uh, Decision Day is so scary. Because can I can I talk about the about the conference real fast? Yeah, go for it. Uh, everyone is so hard for the Eastern Conference. Like t- Toronto ha- is going for like the points record, and New York City's doing so well, and the Western Conference is so bunched up. And I gotta tell you, shouldn't that mean that the Western Conference is so dang competitive, and they really go back and forth all season, and we're playing great teams like. You play your conference people like three, three, even four times a year, anywhere from two to four times. But you play yeah. the other conference only once. So yeah, TFC and New York City are getting all these points because they're playing teams like DC United three or four times a year. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to say that like so meanly, but you know, don't don't crap all over the Western Conference for being all all tight like that when when TFC played easier teams, in my opinion. Yeah, as long as there's an un- an unbalanced schedule in MLS, which is what you're you're referring to, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard to kind of judge conference versus conference. Um, I-, I think you know 
West is best. That's what I'm going with. West is best. Okay, we'll go. We, you know, we'll 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 find out soon enough. Um, once uh, playoffs start, and then we get toward uh, MLS Cup in the early part of December, we'll we'll find out, and hopefully, uh, Sporting KC will be involved in that. But um, but well, yeah, you got, now you, RSL this this uh, this Sunday. It, it, we got to take care of business at RSL, um, and and the reason it's so scary is because right now, so San Jose sits in that number six spot uh, with 43 points. FC Dallas is in number seven with 43 points. They just don't have the uh, the tiebreaker, and then RSL is, is is right behind them at 42 points. Um, and which, you know, Lord help MLS and FC Dallas and and anyone else if somehow FC Dallas gets in by a single point over RSL, uh, and they didn't have to forfeit that that game against uh, Orlando City that they should have because I think Mike mm-hmm. Pet might. Mike Petke might personally go down to Don Garber's office and and just tear him apart. Just um, punch him in the face. Yeah. Well, first he'll he'll hand him some printed copies of everything that should have happened, and then he'll punch him in the face. Um, and then a face punch. And then he'll walk out looking good in his uh, sweater because he should have won uh, best dress <laughs> coach. Um, you know, you can't go to RSL right now feeling too good. I mean, because like you said, RSL is in a very scary position. They're going to fight tooth and nail. You're going to see a dirty game, and referee's not going to call a whole lot, and RSL's fighting for their playoff lives, and Sporting's there to keep them out and hopefully in, you know, improve their seating. So it's it's not going to be pretty at all. No, and RSL, they're 8-4-4 they're four and four at home. Um, they lost on the road last week to Colorado 1-0, but, um, I mean, they, they've been in pretty good form Uh since then um you know they they they've stormed back after they fired jeff kassar earlier this year um and and when they were you know bottom of the league with some of the worst goal differential uh in all of mls they've put themselves in a position now where they have a legitimate shot at a playoff spot um so props to them but everyone knows the history between these two clubs um so like you said this is going to be an intense game there's gonna it's going to be uh Physical. It's going to be chippy. Thankfully, we will have Roger Espinosa for this match. I was a little worried yeah. that he was actually going to be suspended. He, uh, it didn't get a lot of press, but he he put his hands around the neck of Tomas Martinez during the the Houston game, and yes, um, he did. He only got a fine and not a suspension. I, I'm not really sure how MLS Disco works. Why they decide to only fine here instead of suspend. Um, I wouldn't put it past them if they're like, we don't want to take away one of Sporting's main players with just one game left with playoffs not figured out. Um, you know, that, that could have gone into it. But um, this is going to be a, a, a chippy game, um, and it's going to be an important one. So we'll uh, we'll definitely want to watch that one. Um, do you have any other final thoughts on that match before we kind of give a rundown of what else to look forward to on uh, this weekend coming up on Decision Day? Oh my gosh, I just feel like, okay, this isn't the end of the world um, if you don't win this game. Like, this isn't worst case scenario, you have to win, you know what I mean? Right. You're in the playoffs, it's fine. That's all you had to do was get in. Because um, we've seen it in the past, anything can happen once you get in. But history has shown we don't we don't want to lose and and have to play the first game on the road and get knocked out for the fourth year in a row. Um, I, for one, will uh, shed some tears a little bit. I uh, might squirt some. <laughs> but uh, you, you don't want that. But then again, if, if that has to happen, 
it's not worst case scenario. You could not be there at all, and your season could end this Sunday. So, looking on the bright side, I guess it's a it's an optimistic uh, middle of the week here for me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it'll 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 be a little disheartening, especially after since you know from day one, Peter and the team have have sort of made a point of we want to get one of those uh, top two spots and. That looks a little hard right now unless some crazy things happen. So if you can't get one of those top two spots to get a buy, you want to get a home game. And, um, you know, like you said, at least it's not worst-case situation. They're in no matter what. They're getting at least one postseason game. Um, and, and if this team can fire on all cylinders, they can make some noise in the postseason. But um, where they fall in the seedings will depend on what happens on Sunday on Decision Day, which is going to be a crazy day because, as always, Every single MLS game starts at the same time. Uh, the key games for Sporting KC fans to pay attention to are a big one up in uh, in Portland. Uh, the Timbers are taking on uh, the number one team in the West, the Vancouver Whitecaps, which means that either Vancouver or Portland are going to finish number one in the West. No other team can do it. It's going to be one of those two teams. If Vancouver wins or if they draw, Vancouver wins the West. If Portland wins, Portland wins the West. Um, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Um, so one of those two teams is uh, is going to win uh, the West, and the other one um, very possibly could end up number two in the West. Um, you think? Who do you think takes it? Man, it's this. This isn't what Sporting KC fans want, but it's I don't. Portland, right? I think Portland wins. I, I don't see yeah. how Portland loses at home. I, I, you know. Sporting fans are going to want to root for uh, either a draw or a or a Vancouver win because that that at least uh, puts uh, Portland within reach of, of Sporting KC and and Portland can be jumped if uh, Sporting KC wins at RSL. But um, you know, I think if uh, if Portland wins, then uh, Portland will be number one, and um, it Sporting KC won't be able to jump Vancouver for number two. So. Um, that's that's going to be a tough one, but um, that's at uh, 3 p.m. Central Time, as is every other game on uh, yeah <laughs> on uh, Sunday. Um, the other big one is uh, the Seattle Sounders host Colorado Rapids at CenturyLink, um, which unfortunately it's the Colorado Rapids they're playing. Um, Sporting KC again. Really, either needs a draw or a Sounders loss, which um, is is hard to imagine. A team like Colorado that has won—you hey, could have said that last week too when they when they drew Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. Um, their their road record is is one win, thirteen losses, and two ties. But is so it, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> saying there's a chance. It's MLS. <laughs> there's always a chance. Uh, stranger things have happened. Um, but again. Uh, Sporting need either a draw or a Sounders loss in that game. Um, if the Timbers draw or lose, and the Sounders draw or lose, and Sporting KC wins, Sporting KC will get the number two seed and a first round bye. Um, There's no way. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> counting on that. You, you, no one should count on that. All right. Just let's just go win and get a home game, whether it's a knockout round or or a first round bye or what. Let's yep. just. We just need a win. You know, any of that other stuff just probably will not happen. <laughs> yep. Sporting KC wins. They're guaranteed a home uh, playoff game. Um, it'll either depend on if they're third or fourth. will depend on what happens with the Sounders. More than likely, they'd probably stay in fourth place. Um, but that would be good enough to, to host a home knockout round game. Um, 
Houston Dynamo. Uh, like we mentioned before, they play Chicago. Um, if if they lose or if they draw, um, Sporting KC will will stay in fourth place and uh, and host a, a knockout round game. But if Sporting KC um, loses or, or draws and Houston wins, then uh, we'll be traveling down to Houston for the first round of the playoffs. So um, all that is to say, lots of things can happen, and and you know we'll know come about five o'clock. Uh, central time on Sunday, exactly where this all sits. But um, there's going to be probably a lot of movement uh, between now and then uh, based on what happens in these games. Uh, but hey, heck of a day to be an MLS fan, right? Well, it is, and I plan to stream as many of those games as possible and just be an incredible soccer nerd for the day. Um, but let me let me tell you this. I mean, we will, we both know how... Home field advantage is very important in uh, soccer and 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 most sports, but uh, something about Children's Mercy Park is uh, especially special. I mean, it uh, is that even a right thing to say? Especially special? <laughs> yeah, we'll go really with weird. it. We'll go with it. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, a guy asked me, uh, Eric again. He had asked me about ex- experiences uh, at Children's Mercy Park, and I actually wanted to put this out to all of our listeners and uh just ask you know do you have any special story from children's mercy park maybe your first impression or um you know most memorable win or something or uh, uh something else that happened while you were there because it, it really is a great stadium and uh you know i'd like to just take like five or five minutes or so and and kind of explain our first uh you know, interactions about the stadium and explain why it's so so special to us. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, do, do you want to go first, man? Like, just tell, you know, the first time you really went to a game. I mean, I, I didn't meet you till sometime after. Sure. So I remember I was actually telling this story today. Um, I remember specifically my first game. Um, I, you know, as some of you know, I think I mentioned before, I'm actually originally from Los Angeles. I moved to Kansas City in uh, the beginning of 2014, um, but became a, a a sporting KC fan pretty soon after and the, and the rest is history. But my, my, my first game, um, was, uh, a fourth round us open cup in the summer of 2014 at children's mercy park against the Portland Timbers and sporting KC lost and they played terrible. Um, and, and it, it just from a pure soccer perspective, wasn't really a great way to, to be introduced necessarily. But I sat in the south stand. Um, the stadium was was unbelievable. Just the 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 the, the look, the feel, uh, the atmosphere. Even for a U.S. Open Cup game, I could tell. Okay, this is this is a little different than than anything I've really experienced before. Um, then I started going back, going to some you know MLS regular season games, uh, hitting up some uh, some local bars to watch some games, um, and and just slowly but surely became uh, more and more of a fan um and then um man i'll never forget one of my favorite uh favorite moments in that stadium um was i think it, i want to say it was vancouver and i think this was in uh gosh 2015 sporting kc was down 3-1 with like six or seven minutes left in the game um and they were pressing, and they were pressing, and they desperately wanted to win. Um, and, and they get a goal. I think Nagamura um, 
got one of the goals, and I forget who scored mm-hmm. the other one to to tie it. But it was like six or I think seven. It, was it might have been. It, it, I think you might be right. And it was like six or seven minutes of stoppage time came up. Um, it was bananas. And and at that point, when when stoppage time uh, came up, Sporting was down um, three to two. And they're like, okay, you know, and, and the stadium just erupts because they see that amount of time. And you, you, you never see seven minutes of stoppage time come up. And they're like, okay, we got this. And the whole stadium just stands up on their feet and they're cheering and they're going crazy. And it's like within two minutes of stoppage time, we get the tying goal. And everyone's going nuts. And then suddenly you realize there's still like five minutes left. We could, we could still win this. And of all the people, it was friggin' Nagamura who, like, the first time he's ever headed a ball in his life, Heads the ball into the goal, and Sporting KC came back from a 3-1 deficit with like seven minutes to go to a 4-3 victory. And I have never heard a stadium as loud as it was that day. And just Naga ripped off his shirt, and he's running around, and they were hugging fans. And it, I mean, it, the the special connection between the fans and the team at that stadium is unreal, and I'll I'll never forget that. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because they just released something on uh, SportingKC.com about Paolo Nagamura and how. How uh, important it was for his career to come to Kansas City, you know, and it's uh, it's worth a listen on the on SportingKC.com. Uh, you know, they mentioned that game and everything, so that's how, how crazy. Uh, <laughs> but I'll always remember that game, dude. That I lost my voice, and I, I don't even know if you know, but I have my voice back this week, and it's uh, it Sounding feels great, good. dude. It was, <laughs> last week was so bad, uh, but I'll tell you, my first game. Uh, I, I wasn't much of a soccer guy. I really didn't know much about sporting Kansas City. I was living in Topeka. Um, I knew there was a stadium out there and, and a soccer team um, that that moved there that I used to go watch when I was a kid, you know, when they were the Wiz at Arrowhead Stadium. And uh, I remember we uh, a friend in my a friend of mine came to town to hang out with me and my roommate. Uh, she was going to school in Arkansas and came down to hang. And we were at just hanging out at a bar, and I think she was on her phone, and like saw something about tickets, and I think she, uh, I think it was, I think the next day was opening day or something, and she's like, hey, you know, Sporting KC starts tomorrow, do you want to go? And I think I said, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's like, well, we're going. I just bought you tickets, and I was like, what? What do I owe you? And she's like, no big deal. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever, let's go drink at a soccer game or whatever and we go down there and i actually i went and bought a jersey at uh kansas sampler or, or rally house and i was like i gotta look the part you know i can't be a <laughs> fool i gotta look like i at least know a little bit about this team and uh uh we walk in and the place is nuts we're, we're kind of, i don't even think we ever went to our seats i think we just kind of walked around the whole time and kind of glanced at the game every once in a while and saw everyone had a scarf and i was like what is this i mean do do we need scarves i feel like that's important <laughs> what do the what do the two stars mean on the scarves and and the lady was like that's how many championships they've won i was like that's doesn't seem like a lot but i guess that's probably good in 20 years or whatever it's been and uh that was kind of it being there and it being all electric i immersed myself into the world of sporting kansas city like i religiously followed them on their uh, digital media and their sites and everything um any podcast i started to familiarize myself with players and uh the rules like there were still rules i didn't quite understand like such as offsides and whatnot and uh you know three what 40 56 yeah fourth season in now i that was 2014 i think it was so they had just won the title but at the end of that year 
I had met my girlfriend, who has since become my wife, and we decided to put a deposit down and get season tickets, and we ended up getting them, and we've, we still have them, and the rest is history, so it's crazy stuff. It's awesome. I, 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 guess, I guess my most memorable moment would have been when I, you know, painted the wall with Matt Beasler. Yeah. Um, you know, that was... That was insane for the 2015 Open Cup. So yeah, I, I remember uh, I remember you uh, being down there and watching you paint the wall. I think I, I texted you that you looked good, and I think you were holding like a goofy uh, like Snapchat selfie thing that Sporting KC wanted you to hold um, to to get some some yeah. video if I remember right. Um, Molly but, made me do that. Yeah, but no, you looked good. You had the headband going with the Argyle jersey that, that said Coos. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, not many people get get an opportunity to do something like that. So uh, I'm I'm jealous to this day about that. That's for sure. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely a top highlight of my life. I mean, I think I've had it in my profile picture forever. <laughs> and uh, it's you know we raised the damn trophy together. You know, it was it was a big deal. So um, I brought this up though, and I'm just curious to hear other people's experiences. I mean, if you have to put it in a tweet. You know, you can tweet at no other pod, you know, uh, spread it out, however many tweets you need to. Uh, you can send us a Facebook message at no other pod um, on the Facebook page, or you could even email us at no other pod at gmail.com. Is yes, that sir. right? That's the email? That's the email. Awesome. Yeah, so we're, we'd love to hear your experiences. When was your first time? How'd you get into Sporting KC? Um What's your most memorable uh, moment at Children's Mercy Park, Sporting Park, Livestrong Park, whatever, you know, Arrowhead, um, the the T-Bone Stadium. on the air. That's right. Um, Speaking of which, reading on the air, we got a couple questions, and we got a couple things we want to hit on, so we might move through these questions pretty quick. But uh, we got uh, Anthony Hardwick on Twitter asked us, uh, in, in the past, Sporting KC has had an August lull. Are we watching that lull in October um, it's a bad time for it to happen. Um, oh boy! Real quick, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't. I I, I want to say I don't think so. Um, that the lull has always happened because some guys got hurt. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And we yeah. had to really kind of shift things around. But everyone is considerably healthy right now, and. I think that if this is a lull, it's a different kind of lull. And I, I do think they're going to turn it on against RSL. I think we're going to be hyped up and realize that a home playoff game's at stake. And uh, oh, if I'm wrong, then I'm going to come back on next week and say, we're in a lull. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I, I mean, I guess you can say this is a lull, but um, I, I don't think this is the same thing that's happened in years past in August. Like you said, that's been because of injuries. It's uh, been because uh, people are tired. Um, it's been because of a lack of depth. Um, that's not necessarily the case. That's not what's happened this year. Um, part of what's gone on the last four games or so, it's it's been a little bit because of the international break. It is a World Cup qualifying year. There's been that stress of, is the U.S. even going to qualify? Uh, Beesler and Zussi got called up, but then what hasn't happened in the past is Benny also got called up, so you're missing three of your most prominent core players. Um you know, statistically, Sporting KC dominated these these uh, last couple of matches. Um, if if Tyler Derrick doesn't have a game of his life, and if Latif can can bang in a ball from two feet out on a wide open net, um, you know, things are looking different. So, um, you know, if we win that game, we're having a different conversation right now. You exactly. Know, we're not going to talk about a lull. Exactly. And I asked Zusi, sort of like, you guys 
got shots on goal. You you kind of statistically dominated the game. What happened? Do you know? And he and he basically was like, man, it's soccer. Sometimes that happens, um, and it sucks, <laughs> and you you hate it, but. Um, you know, we'll, we'll try to move on and move past it, but I don't really know why it happened. It just kind of happened. Um, and Peter Vermees was pissed and he was like, Hey, you know, you got to get a foot on the ball when you're two feet out and you got a 10 foot open net in front of you. Um, he was like, but unfortunately, he literally was like, unfortunately my foot's not out there and I can't do it myself. So what are you going to do? Um, okay. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, it's a little, but it's, I don't think it's quite the same, but a good question from Anthony. Hopefully, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get a win on Sunday and, and go into the playoffs hot. Um, the other well, question. Oh, you had another quick thought. Uh, I think I had. I think I had one from uh, Kyle Owenberg. That's of, what I was going to uh, do. Yeah. Oh, the one from uh, the Facebook post. Yes, sir. Why don't you read it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, possible center back signings this winter. I mean, after e- after Eric Palmer Brown leaves and with Ellis gone, doing whatever he's doing, um, probably doing country stuff because uh, he likes <laughs> country music. Yeah. Uh, with Kevin Ellis gone, you know, we're dangerously exposed at center back, you know, given Ike Opara being very injury prone, um, which I'm not, you know, I probably just jinx the hell out of him right now by saying that, but he's been very healthy this year. But what are your thoughts? Do you think we go out and get a center back this year, or do you, or do you think we kind of focus more on the attack? Uh, I think they're definitely going to need to get at least one. Um, I think Kevin Ellis, I have no information about this, so let me just disclaimer that I don't think Kevin Ellis will ever play another game in a Sporting KC uniform. We still don't know what happened or, or, or what's going on. All we know is that technically he's allowed to return to training anytime he wants to, and he still hasn't. Um, that's not going to sit well with a guy like Vermees, so I don't see him ever coming back to play for Sporting KC again. Eric Palmer Brown is off to Manchester City after this year. Um, really, our only other center back um, is... Amir Didich, um, you know, and, and he's spent most of the time this year with uh, Swolt Park, but um, he signed a, a senior team uh, contract, and um, he's he's got some potential. Uh, he looks pretty good, um, so he'll uh, he'll certainly be on the roster next year. Um, but you know, whether it's uh, it's bringing in a center back from. Uh, from Swope Park or, or going out, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go out and, and either try to sign a, a free agent center back or, or bring in someone, maybe send a little bit of uh, allocation money somewhere to, to bring in sort of a veteran, a veteran presence for depth. I, I think they're going to bring in at least one. Um, but I think um, maybe some, some depth at, at left back, either from Swope Park or, or somewhere else will be a focus. And I still think they're going to try to bring in some, uh, some attacking reinforcements, a, a a striker. Um, yeah, I think they focus on the attack uh, more and and grab a center back if you can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my brother sent us another question, but he's uh, he wants to know which Game of Thrones character is uh, is every team starting eleven. Um, I told him to go back and look at all of the Game of Thrones content from earlier this year that like everybody and their brother was was writing about that. So he can. He you can told go him do no. That. I told him no. Like we're not gonna. We're not, oh we're my not God. Talking about Game of Thrones right now. I love Game of Thrones. We're 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 past the Game of Thrones point right now. I'm not sure I could name three characters. You know what I mean? That, that they say their names so fast, and I'm like, yeah. who is this again? Yeah. It's a whole thing. Um, real quick, I wanted to spend a little more time on this, but we got to touch on it. Um, if you're a fan of MLS, um, you've probably seen this story by now. Uh, what the heck is going on with the Columbus crew, man? 
I mean, I guess their Dude. owner has been like secretly like back channel brokering a possible move to Austin, Texas, and then the site launches today, MLS2ATX.com. That, that's basically all this movement to get MLS to Austin, and you can go to the bottom, and it says it's financed by um, the crew's owner's business. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Yeah, this is out of control. I, I feel like if I'm a Columbus fan, I'm pissed. Like, I'm fired up, and and I'm not going to want to go to the games. But, oh, wait, I already renewed my season tickets, and I don't believe those are refundable. Nope. So, They've been telling people, sorry, not sorry, those are non-refundable. Are you kidding me? I feel like if Sporting did that, they'd be like, we understand. You know, we will we will refund them. You, you would hope so, but you really don't know unless you're in that – it's a business, man. It's business first, and and I'd like to think Kansas City puts their fans first, but Columbus is just, they're going to take off. They're just going to take your money and run. Ah, I don't know. I'm so I'm so fired up about this today, everything I've been reading. I, I don't know where to go from here. Yeah, it's, it's not good, and unfortunately, um, Don Garber's statement, you know, basically just kind of oh said, hey, we, we'd like to stay in Columbus, but we support the crew, and we support... Um, Anthony Precourt, who's the owner of the crew. Um, no, no, and, John. And that was a little bit disappointing to me because the crew are one of the original franchises in MLS. Um, yeah. They've been there since '96. Um, you know, every every town at some point has had issues with attendance, and and yes, the crew need a, a, a new stadium. They do. Map Free's old, um, but you know, Columbus as a city is being held hostage right now to to, to publicly fund a stadium and personally i'm never a fan of any sports team getting a publicly funded stadium my 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 feeling is if you're a rich dude who can afford to own a sports team you can afford to build a stadium for the sports team that you own you don't need taxpayers to pay for it um so i just i i feel for the crew right now man i feel for their fans i saw like will trap was out there tweeting this has been an emotional time for all of us players but we really need your support on the field because uh, they didn't ask for this. This isn't their fault. Um, You're not going to get the support on the field. You should have waited to tell me till the season was over. You're yeah. in the playoffs, and I'm ready to cheer you on and hopefully bring an MLS Cup home. But you want to tell me you're you, you're probably going to leave this city? No, screw you. I'm not. I don't want to come watch your games anymore. You know what I mean? And it's not about the players. I'm sure they love the players, but it goes beyond that. Can you tell I'm a little heated about it? I was uh, fired up about it all day. I, I don't blame you. I mean, I, I've been. I've been so sad for for crew fans. I, I've been tweeting about it, and I've, I've you know, I have one of like my most successful tweets ever because I, I basically said, uh, "Don't give in, Columbus," you know, and and, and said, um, <laughs> "Resist." Yeah, basically, and I, I've been getting people all day tweeting at me talking about how much this sucks. Um, so it uh, that's, that's what we get, man. This is uh this is America. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, it's it's just so sad. So that I mean, well, I don't think that um, the crew probably meant this to come out when it did. It kind of leaked out oh, from Grant Wall and Sports Illustrated. Um, but you know, it's it's terrible timing. Austin's already said they're not publicly funding a stadium either. So I don't know what Precourt was doing. I think he's kind of screwed himself because now he says I want to leave Columbus because they won't publicly fund a stadium. I want to go to Austin, and Austin's like, okay, cool, you can come here, but we're not publicly funding a stadium either. So. He didn't really think this one out. Um, I don't, I don't right. know where he goes from there, but um, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Keep an um, eye on it, and hopefully, uh, hopefully next week we can talk about that some more. And hopefully, we're talking about 
uh, a Sporting KC home playoff game. Yes, sir. So, real quick, before we go, give me your prediction for uh, Sporting KC on the road at RSL. I think we're fired up, man. I think uh, I think RSL's fired up. I think it gets really physical, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see quite a decent number of yellow cards, maybe even a red. Um, but I, I'd like to think Sporting gets the job done. Uh, I'm going to say 1-0. One 1-0, nil. One nil. okay. Um Man, I've been going back and forth on this. I don't think Sporting loses. I think that they know how important it is to at least get a result heading into the playoffs and not end on a loss. Um, I've been going back and forth whether I think it's a Sporting win or a Sporting draw. You know, maybe it's against my better judgment. I'm going to go Sporting win, too. I think it's something more like 2-1 or 3-2. I think this is going to be a fast, open game. I think both teams are going to try to come out strong early and set the pace. Um, I agree with you. It's going to be physical. There's going to be cards. Hopefully Sporting can get it done. So um, we'll know uh, know this time next week, and then we'll be talking about the playoffs. Yes, we will. Well, sir, in what has officially been our longest pod by uh, not a small amount, um, <laughs> we just we, keep uh, getting better, though. That's right. Um, give us those reviews uh, if you have them. Uh, five stars, preferably. Uh, you can check us out. Um, subscribe on on iTunes or Google Play. Tweet us at No Other Pod. You can tweet me, JC Max Zero Three. Dan, what's your handle? At Dan Couser, K W O S E R. That's right. Send us your uh, Children's Mercy Park uh, favorite moments, favorite experiences, either on Twitter or at email, nootherpod at gmail.com. We'll send you out to uh, the sounds of Radkey, Cat and Mouse, local St. Joseph, Missouri band. Check them out, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. All right. Bye, guys. See ya. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.